Blog Talk Radio.
from Kenya, Africa, one of our featured speakers at womenspeakers.com. Welcome to you. Thank you so much. Nice seeing you, Manny. Happy New Year. Well, thank you and Happy New Year to you, too. I'm so excited to have this time to spend with you and to get to pick your brain about some of the aha moments that you've had with Jesus over the years. And, you know, just so people can kind of get to know you a little bit, what you have is you have um, two things that you work with all the time. One of them is the um, Passion Profit, and the other is Founders Profit Academy. So maybe tell us a little bit about Passion Profit first. Fantastic. Thank you for having me on your show, Mani. Oh, absolutely. The first, passion Profit is about helping people turn their passion into profit, which is... Um, an aha moment that I got when I came back to Kenya after living in America for 10 years. And when I came back and I was asking God, why do you really want me to be back here? What can I do? And uh, a lot of people were coming to me looking for work. And he said that um, the people looking for work is not necessarily what they're looking for. What they lack is fulfillment, something they love and enjoy. Mm. And he showed me parable of the talents in the book of Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. And said, in that parable, you see everybody who got talent, whether they got three or five, they got, uh, they were doubled, all right? So he said, everybody has something, help them figure out what that thing is. So that's how Passion Profit started. And over the years, we've always wanted to have a school to empower people to start their own businesses and build thriving businesses. So Founders Profit Academy is the arm that takes care of the online learning. We have an online mentorship program now. Awesome. That is so fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so you are doing, um, when I was in Africa, and I get to come back again this year, which is exciting, but we yeah. were able to help launch several um, small business women, um, businesses uh, yeah. using microfunding. And um, you are the kind of person that comes along someone who has an idea and helps them to kind of clarify the idea to learn some good basic business practices. And if you were going to describe the perfect, um, I know you work with a lot of people, but like who yeah. you're, who, like who you, who is it exactly that you're like, this is, this is the girl. This is who I really love. To work with. <laughs> I really, I like working with what I call service professionals, whether they're people who empower others, especially mm-hmm. uh, like coaches, consultants, speakers, and more people who are in services, accountants, lawyers, those kinds of people, they have a skill, they have a profession, and they want of it. So for me, the big thing is how do we, um, how do we end poverty, all right? How do we deal with poverty? So empowering people to do something that they love and enjoy that, so that they can help others also. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and what we've seen too is that then these gals that start these businesses, then they begin to hire others. And like you say, it has this, it has this ripple effect um, yes. on the community and on the country even. So that's so cool. Yes. Well, I'm excited to dive into some of your aha moments. So what we're going to do is I'm going to go ahead and say it. And then you are okay. going to give us kind of the backstory behind it, where it came from, like why okay. it's meaningful to you. And the first one is... Challenges grow and empower you for greater influence and impact. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of times when uh, God calls you to do something, uh, he always tells you the end. And it looks so nice. It looks like when, I, you know, when God spoke to me to help people turn their passion into profit, 
Beautiful. Wow, what a nice ring. <laughs> but then comes the challenge. The people who want to turn their passion into profits can't pay you. So you have to figure out how to do it so that, you know, uh, we are both happy. It's a win-win situation for you, for me, and for them. So one of the things uh, I discovered, and then along that also, when you get rejection or you come through a problem, uh, I'm reminded of the scripture where Peter, was, Peter and Jesus were speaking and uh, Peter, uh, Jesus was telling Peter that the devil has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And after that, you will help others. So every time I'm met with a challenge, that scripture comes to mind that I'm not supposed to quit. This is going to be a lesson. And this lesson will help me to help others also not to quit. So that's why I say challenges grow and empower you for greater influence and impact. So you get out of it, not just for yourself, but for yourself and for others. Right, right. I just yes. have a picture. I was praying about something two nights ago, and I had this picture in my head of yes. um, being in a safe bubble, but right outside of the bubble were like vicious, ferocious wolves trying to claw and to get at, in, at me where I was safe with Jesus. And it can sometimes feel like that, like um, this is really, a, you know, a hard place or whatever, but yeah. we're safe, but we're safe with Jesus walking through it. And he not only carries a strip, but then he has, like you say, ultimate good to bring from it. Uh, yeah, so it's that, it's that faith and, and confidence in Christ and the belief that he can bring us peace right in the midst of the storm. Beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Progress supersedes perfection. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I always make fun and say that I'm a recovering perfectionist. Okay. I'm the kind of, <laughs> before I started my businesses, I was the kind of person who everything has to be perfect before you move. And you have no right to move before that. And uh, this scripture came up for me, Proverbs 4.18. The path of the just is like the shining light. It shines brighter and brighter. And the word of God tells us that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So we'll never really be perfect until we are up there with him. But every little step is important in the bigger picture. And we have to keep moving because movement is part of progress is part of, uh, how can I put it, progress is the, the evidence that you're walking in faith because you're not stuck feeling sorry for yourself or you're not stuck afraid and fearful that it's not going to turn out the way it is. You, you, you keep moving, you know. Just like Jesus said, uh, the, because of the joy that was set before him, he kept moving. So when he say it's, not, it's about progress, it's not about perfection. So if we wait for perfection, we may never move. And that's why I said progress supersedes perfection. Where my company was in 2010 and where it is today is totally different. So it has evolved, but the vision has remained the same. Right. Well, I like to use the analogy of when I wrote my first book, it took me 18 months or about two years to write it and find a publisher. And then it took them about two years to publish it. And mm -hmm. they had a whole team of editors and everything. And uh, I went to do a I went to do a book signing and I was on the radio first in the or TV in the morning and then I went to the book signing and a lady came to the table and she said um, she said I got your book and I read it all the way through it was really good there was only one wow. typo on page whatever it was and <laughs> and I thought that's hilarious you know after all these four years 
of trying to get it all. So many people working together to get it perfect. Yeah. She still could find the typo. You know, so, it's just, you know, it's just got to be where you say, okay, this is how much I can do. And the rest I just have to trust for and just yeah. let it be okay and move forward. And I know yeah. that this, this is a spot where a lot of, especially small business owners, really get stuck is right here. And yeah. I, re I remember when we had our, our retail store and I really struggled with the, um, you know, I, I had a hard time because we were just learning how to do it and it was really big and it was uh, like, it was, it couldn't be as clean as I wanted it to be. The building <laughs> It couldn't be as, as customer friendly as I wanted it to, to be. It just couldn't be everything I wanted it to be. And I okay. had to the point where I could just, say this is the best we can do today instead well, of not being here that's right <laughs> yes but sometimes you just have to really talk to yourself and say you, sometimes <laughs> it's almost like all the time <laughs> right right the perfection is you know in us and we want it to be really good and really perfect yes. and of course and of course this is a good motivation in us god is perfect yes so yes. we come we come by this longing naturally <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it is good to, I think the key thing is to, to really have a clear end in mind, what is the product, or what is the product supposed to look like, what, how is it supposed to help people, how can it help people now, as you keep perfecting it, right, because we are perfected every day also by grace and mercy, so there's no one day we wake up and we're all good, <laughs> but we yeah. keep changing. Yeah, and I think I think that's so critical too. Is that it's gonna you're gonna keep changing, and as you walk down the path of this journey, you're gonna see things that you couldn't have seen or done back where you started. You know, like you Absolutely. did. So different. Things are always working for you in God's style and time. I thought when I read this, I thought this is so Frida. I love this. <laughs> that was <laughs> that's <our> style. <laughs> yeah. I love style. I know you and, do. <laughs> yeah. And what I really like about it is God's style and time, really, because uh, for a long time I've wanted to have an online mentorship program. And online because uh, I'll be able to reach more people right. and I'll be able to reach more people more affordably. And then came Facebook and Facebook Live. And then um, we got a partnership with one of the banks here in the country and we started the conversation in March, and it looked like by April, May, it was going to be over. I started making my budget. And I kid you not, this thing was not, it kicked off around October, towards the end of yeah. the year. But what, what happened, Manny, is it was so beautiful because had it happened in March, the things I had done to the company, the changes I had made, and the online platform was complete. It could run, we could test it. You know, so if we had gone through in March, we didn't even have the online system. Right. It was actually a dream because uh, the bank that we're going to work with has other branches in Africa. So when they came and told us, okay, you are in Kenya, but we're in eight other countries. How are you going to oh. go to those eight countries? So I just wow. said, by faith, I'm always crazy like that. I said, technology. And then now I went back to figure it out. I was like, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know? So now we started praying, started looking for partners who we could work with, thinking Aww. through the plan, what would the content be? So by the time, you know, everything was coming out and they were saying we're going to start doing the launches in different cities, it, we were now ready. 
So had it come out in March when I opened my mouth and said technology, my friends, it would have been disaster. So it came out so beautiful. And that's why I say God's style and time, because it was way bigger, way better than I had envisioned. And it was just the perfect timing. I love that story. And it's so <laughs> frustrating to wait. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It is. God so knows what we need. I like that part in this quote that says that he's always working for you. And I think that's so important that we trust that he's not just working for him or for no. everybody else or whatever, but he's actually helping us, me personally. He's helping you yeah. personally. Yeah. Because can you imagine every time we talk about having an A team, but imagine God is on your team. And <laughs> who else do you need? Okay, he'll right. give you the wisdom what to do. He will lead you. He will continuously lead you and guide you. And I love the scripture that tells us he never sleeps nor slumbers. <laughs> so when I'm really stressed, I lay down and I say, God doesn't sleep nor slumber. So there's no need for the two of us to stay awake. And then I say, I say Father, your word says that you give your beloved sleep. I'm your beloved. So I'm going to sleep. You take over. <laughs> I love that. I love that. The A team is working around the clock. That's so awesome. The other thing I was thinking about your specific story there is sometimes when we're walking down, I always say that when we get to heaven, the thing that's going to surprise us the most is the role that timing played. It's just huge. And so, you know, Joseph sits there in prison for 10 years, you know. Waiting, until his word came. Waiting, <laughs> waiting until he's yes. taken straight to the top. Right. Yes. And um, with your journey there, somebody else could have come in and offered a partnership to you for Kenya. And you would have been really excited about that. And maybe it could have happened right away. Yeah. But God yeah. saw this bigger picture and it was going to take longer and take more work and take more investment. Yes. But it was going to be yes. great. It was so Yeah. Hard. And it, that's why I said his style and his time. Because yeah. sometimes when, what I found out money is when you're waiting on God, like I'm waiting for the partnership to go through in a certain style. And the style was in Kenya. Okay, but now it's yeah. in Africa. Eight countries in Africa. That is God's style. God is always bigger than, you know, his thoughts are higher than ours. And more beautiful. His thoughts towards us are of good and not of evil. And we need to learn to resting that assurance. A living vision is an antidote for challenges. <laughs> I say, uh, ever since I figured out that God has called me to help people turn their passion into profit, uh, there's been a lot of challenges along the way. And what always picks me back up is I'm on a commission. I, I, I can't afford to quit. It's a necessity, all right? There's another business person that needs my help. And um, every time I find when I'm down, when I remember what I'm called to do, it brings me back up. Last year, the year, two years ago, I was very sick towards the end of the year, and they didn't know what was happening to me. I was being treated for high blood pressure, but it turned out that I had low blood pressure. But what oh. brought me back up, yeah, what brought me back up was... Um, I sat, my business was going down. I let everyone go. And I started out asking God, what do I do? And the Holy Spirit told me, what was the last thing you remember doing when your company was working okay? And I remembered um, speaking and speaking on media 
you know, so I started, so I said, but who's going to invite me to speak on TV now? You know, I'm so tired. So I started looking out for friends who are speaking and they were telling me, one of, one of the guys actually told me, Frida, there's no need for going to a media house. You can start your own. So I, I started tinkering with Facebook Live and I started a group called Quit Surviving, Start Thriving. And I did a 31-day challenge and just offered free mentorship and did videos every day. Uh, I think it was a 21-day challenge, every day for 21 days. And as I did that, I started getting better. I stopped taking my medicine. My health started coming back. Yeah, and I started getting ideas of what to do with my business. And that's how I got back on my feet. So it's the vision wow. that kept me alive more than anything else. <laughs> so yeah. every, every testimony, every, and many people have given testimonies out of that group. That out of this group, I got courage to start my business. I thought of something I should do. And there's about, uh, it's close to 2,000 people. I think 16, 1,700 people in that group. That is awesome. That is awesome. Glory yeah. to God. And, you know, I know that having a vision, having a vision and mission statement, having those things kind of locked in really is helpful. I, I do a vision mission um, training over at Marnie.com. Do you have one at your site too, Frida? On my side, no, I don't have okay. one on my side. What we yeah. really, what I have material, but most of it is not on the site because we restructured the whole, uh, sure. the whole company, and we have a five-step profit formula that that you can see on Founders Profit, uh, Founders Profit Academy. Yeah, and that is really good. You guys need to check that out. And then if you need vision mission training, you can go over to Marnie.com under the store, and you can get it there. It's just like a two-hour course. It's really uh, I know a lot of gals have just said, well, for me, when I understood it, it changed my life to understand what my mission was, what my vision was, and what it wasn't. You know, I mean, to just get really clear about where yeah. God was taking me, you know, why, you know, why I, you know, you have these feelings that you have inside, like, you know, I really want to work with these people, and I, I really don't have any interest in working with these people, why? You know, yes. if I'm a person, why wouldn't I want to work with all of them? But the, rea the reality is, though, that God didn't really create us. We, we can't. We can't spread that thin. We can't work with every last person no. on the planet. And so he's given no. us these beautiful, um, this heart for these certain people in a certain way that allows Absolutely. us to accomplish, accomplish his purposes. Trust God and love people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm even surprised I wrote that one. <laughs> uh, oftentimes, <laughs> I work with people. <laughs> and, uh, there are people everywhere. <laughs> we, we live in a world of people. But sometimes our expectations are not met. And oftentimes, uh, when I look back, it's the people that have, uh, are valued highly or placed highly or I've done favors for that have disappointed me and disappointed me in terms of uh, there's an expectation I had of them and it didn't come through. Like uh, there's an organization I was part of, I was serving in this organization for a long time. My biggest thing was to really help this organization grow. So I spent a lot of time putting systems and structures into it. And then um, when, uh, when things, uh, so we're supposed to have a way that we succeed in uh, the leadership succession. And then at one point, they decided, at the time when I was really low in my life, and there's a membership fee, and they, they told the secretary to call and ask me to pay my membership fee. And I told them, 
but I still have a role. Uh, I had an advisory role, and I said, I still have an advisory role. My role is not over. And they said, um, uh, the board told me, the secretary, the administration told me that uh, she was told to ask me if I don't pay, I'll need to leave because I'm not adding any value. I was like, oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> it was painful. It was really painful. And But God taught me through it that, because a lot of people who know me and what I had done said, what happened? Why did they do that? And I kept smiling, but I was hurting because yeah. I was also asking God why, you know. So God said, the work you needed to do is done, <laughs> all right? So even if you're not inside, it's okay. The, con the company goes on. The organization lives on. But the key thing is you had put too much trust in those people, all right? Mm -hmm. And you expected them to do certain things your way instead of allowing them to do what they need to do for the organization to grow. So love them anyway. The tragedy is if the organization doesn't happen, all right? So I learned out of that that sometimes we have expectations of people, but if it's only God who fulfills our highest expectations. But if we love people, according to 1 Corinthians 13, then we won't even start getting disappointed and hurt and all that. Yes, we are human beings, we have feelings, but every time I get hurt, disappointed, or whatever, 1 Corinthians 13 helps me to remember that love is not... Um, Love does not keep a record of wrong. And that one is huge for me. So I, I learned to, okay, I'm going to love them. Lord, show me how, you know, and trust God. But what happened is before the end of the year is, you know, there was, they, they brought me back in and they said they made a mistake. You know, you have been a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have, uh, they didn't quite say we made a mistake, but they asked me, they said that we'd like you to, you know, you have so much value. You know, we didn't structure your role properly and moving forward, we'll structure the role better, but we need you because of this and this and this. So I was like, can you start for one more year? That was purely God. Yeah. Yeah. So, the <laughs> so quote, if, I, if I started yeah. fighting with them, you know, so. Right, anyway. right. <laughs> right. You could have burned that bridge. And you could have Absolutely. done a lot of damage by telling a lot of people bad things about them and, you know, yes. that that really would have hurt everybody involved. Um, mm -hmm. I like the quote, trust God, love people, because honestly, yeah. um, God doesn't tell us to trust people. Uh, that no. is not something he ever tells us to do. In fact, no. I think never, even, even in a marriage relationship, you're to honor and obey yes. and things like that, but you're, yes. it's not trust. It's not the same. Never. Yeah, yes. we put all of our trust and all of our hope actually in Jesus. On people. Just, in Jesus and not on people. Yeah. Right. right. And mm -hmm. I know a couple of years ago, God really took me through that with the hope thing. And he showed me that I was putting hope into all kinds of things. I hope this turns out well, or I hope they come, or I hope this or that. And he's like, all your hope should be in me, Marnie. And, and because wow, he, that's he, awesome. showed me, he showed me, yeah, he showed me that people actually aren't capable of carrying the weight of my hope. <laughs> they're not they're, they're not. not i agree they're not yeah. they're not and, yeah and like you said you know sometimes we get overly dependent on people and sometimes that's where god allows things to come in and it isn't always that reason of course but sometimes it is that reason where he just allows us to have to have a separation in fact i just i think of one time god just asked me to stop listening to christian music and i was like why? <laughs> what yeah. is wrong with that? 
but yeah. it, it had kind of become an addiction to me that I had okay. to have it all the time. I had to have it. Otherwise I wasn't okay. And he could just tell that my heart was tangled up in depending on the Christian music instead yeah. of depending on the Christ of the music. Does that make Whoa, sense? That's powerful. So yeah. whenever we get these things in our lives that are competing for him, he's yeah. going to, you know, he's going to shake that up a little bit. And oftentimes it's a little painful to walk through. That's right. But yeah. like earlier, yeah. we said he's for our good. He's, he's for us. He All the time, every time. <laughs> Profit is God's will and desire for us. I think that you would have some people that would kind of give you some kickback on that. And so I, I have actually um, a whole sheet that I pray almost okay. every day, and it's all scripture, and it's all about how God wants to prosper us. So you are talking I to love it. you are talking to a person who <laughs> believes. My soulmate. It. But um, but I want I want you to just tell us when you realized. Okay, so Kenya, Kenya as a country has a lot of poverty. Um, when did you come to believe? that Christ wanted profit for people? Uh, this was a little girl. I grew up in a Christian home. And um, my father went to work and my mother did a business, a small business. And um, we read the Bible all the time. And all the scripture that they read showed me that God was good and God had good intentions for us. Yeah. But in my little mind, I felt that this good God for, has for us that they're praying about and they're reading in this Bible, I don't really see it manifested in our lives and in the lives of so many people in this country. So I started digging deeper in scripture, you know, just looking at the words prosperity and profit. And one of, my, one of the scriptures that really stood out for me uh, since I was a little girl was Isaiah 48, 17, which says, I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. Um, I'm the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. Uh, who teaches you how to profit? Who, should, who leads you in the way that you should go and teaches you how to profit? So before he says that, he says, I'm the Holy One, the Lord God, uh, I'm your Holy One, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, your Redeemer. When somebody swears by their name, then you find out the attributes of that name. He's the Holy One. He doesn't lie. Your Redeemer, if you're stuck in the way I trans. Uh, interpreted it. Whatever you're attacking, God can redeem you. The Holy One of Israel. And we know how Israel was poor and wretched in Egypt, and he got them out into Canaan. And now he's telling you, I will lead you in the way that you should go. Whether you go through the wilderness, no matter, and we just look at the story of the Israelites, and he brought them into Canaan, a land full of milk and honey. So it doesn't matter where you're at. What matters is where is your faith? And your faith is, is it on this God, the Holy One, the Redeemer of Israel? He's telling you, I will lead you in the way that you should go. I will teach you how to profit. So anyone who is teachable and ready to be led can profit. And people say money that Kenya, they are past, I, there's a scripture in the Bible that says that the poor, when the lady with the alabaster box broke the oil on Jesus and Judas said this should have been sold and given to the poor. Jesus did say yes. He said, the poor will always be with you. So the why will, and I've dug about that, that has bothered me, but the poor will always be with us if they refuse to be taught, if they refuse to be led. 
you know, and I know a lot of people will kick back on that, but the truth is we perish for lack of knowledge. And he's saying, I will lead you in the way you should go. And he says that wisdom is the principal thing. So are you in lack? He has said, I will lead you in the way you should go. I will teach you how to profit. The parable of the talents. The one that was willing to do something with the talents, the talents were doubled. The one who died, the master was not happy. So I often say that prosperity or poverty is a choice. And it's a choice of enlightenment, renewing our minds with his words, trusting him to lead us and guide us. And for two, the last two years, I've been asking God intentionally that, Lord, if you truly ask me to help people turn their passion into profit, send me the resources, the, the connection, the people, the tools that I need to make it happen. And today we have the online system. And the online system is not only for Kenya. It is a global online platform that helps any business owner generate leads that can, con that convert into profitable clients. Because all over the world, the profit is dependent on your product and how you get a client and convert those clients. So it's a universal system. That can only be God. Yeah. And out of that one, prayer, give me the wisdom to really help people turn their passion into profit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that we get stuck sometimes um, because a lot of times when God prospers us and you know, I think about John saying, you know, I pray that your soul would prosper, you know, along with your health prospering, you know, the, the, yeah. it's yeah. all, it's all, it's all part of the prosperity is, is heart, soul, mind, spirit, relationships, money, all of that comes with walking with Christ. And yeah. I think that sometimes in cash and sometimes he uh, pays it other blessings. And so sometimes I think that when he, wants to pay us in cash we're like well i don't know if that's really what you want for me I, I know that you have that for a few people but that might not be <laughs> and so and and just to have that open hand to say okay however god wants to prosper you let him prosper you that way and sometimes it, it comes in different ways but a lot of times with the with the concept of flow through vessel um he can't flow it through me until he flows it to me. So yes. if I'm going to be used to give money to something that useful, he has to give me yes. the money first. That's right. It has to come to me first and then it can go yes. through me to serve others. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so when we, when we go along thinking, well, God wants me poor, God wants me, you know, whatever God wants me to, you know, stay stuck here in this, or whatever, um, we have to recognize that that may be us holding God back from doing what he wants to do through us when he I think so. just let him flow through whatever he wants, including and he's not, he's not, there's nowhere in the Bible that you see God presented as poor, alright yeah. and we are created, there's nowhere in the Bible that he's presented as poor and I like what you say that if you want to put something in cash in other ways and when we talk about prosperity and profit, for me, it is increase. Profit is, like when you talk about profit in business, you bought sunglasses for $100, you sell it for $150, so, but anything that you're doing being progressive and incremental, for me, is profit. You know? So when we think, sometimes we think it's only cash, but it's also being profitable, being productive. It's way bigger, but when we go back to God himself, 
created in his image, uh, he's progressive and he supplies our needs according to his riches in glory. When Jesus was being born, there was no room in the inn, but they found it for him. They found a, a place for him to be born. So no matter what it is, there's nowhere in the Bible or nowhere anybody can convince me <laughs> that poverty is, is godly. <laughs> Okay, right. And there are seasons. There are seasons for certain things. Like we see Jesus and his disciples out walking around the countryside for three years, a lot of times using a rock for a pillow. I wouldn't yes. call that prosperous. I wouldn't call that no. like what we would define as, you know, staying in the Ritz motel. But oh, yet, that would at, be the nice. time, at the same time, um, at the same time, like you say, it wasn't it wasn't like they were modeling this and saying everybody should be homeless. God calls us all to do different things at different times. And we need to just walk with him. Walk with him. Yes. And, and I, I like I like that example. Yeah. Let us mm-hmm. let him care for us how he wants to care for us today. Not that we're demanding that we have a certain no. amount of money or whatever like that. In fact, you know, I set a lot of goals. I'm, I'm a very big goal setter. I love, I love that, you know, without a vision, the people perish. I, I love that. Yes. But whenever I have gone to set financial goals, God has said, stop, don't do that. You <laughs> let me take care of you. And it okay. kind of frustrated me because it's like, how come I get to set all these other goals? But in that area, I don't get to set goals. But I think that it's because for some reason, he knows that at sometimes there needs to be a lot. At sometimes there needs to be less. And that I need to just let him orchestrate that in a different way than other areas of my life. So just for you guys listening, just let him orchestrate it, but know that he is for you and he has so much prosper your life, whether it's financial or in any other way. And even if you just sit and write down everything he has done for you as of today, just sit down and write, what do you have today that you can be thankful for? You will be amazed at how prosperous you already are. You can be right without being relevant. Uh, you can be right oh. without being relevant. <laughs> right doesn't always mean you're relevant. Yeah. And uh, I find uh, as I grow older, <laughs> there's a scripture I really wanted and I can find it. Um, and Paul was saying that all things are all things are something, but all are not permissible. Oh, it's First Corinthians. <laughs> I found it. First Corinthians ten. What is it? Yeah, yeah. First Corinthians ten twenty three. Yeah, everything is permissible, but every but not everything is profitable. Yeah, not everything is profitable because there's so much knowledge in the world today. So I find that there. I don't. I, I call them myths. All right. I call them myths because they're such like. Uh, Sometimes people say a simple one that comes to mind is that um, what do they, what do we normally say that knowledge is power, all right? And then you see people with a lot of knowledge, but they seem powerless. So I've come, so I always pay attention to these things that we say. So uh, and even when I'm training, I say how many think knowledge is power and hands go up. Then show the knowledge is potential power because all the notes we take, if we don't apply, it, then you know, and just like the Bible says that when we look in the mirror. If we don't do what the word is saying, then it's, a, it's somebody who looked with a second their eye, something in their eye, and didn't take it out. So it's so important for us to test things, in, especially in this time when there's so much information. You know, and really, for me, um, I always try to weigh things against the word of God, because that's my anchor. There's so many philosophies. All right. 
So how can I take this? It may sound right, all right, but is it really relevant for now and for what I'm doing and for where I'm going? So that is something I'm always, um, how can I say, I'm always struggling with, you know, to ensure that um, it's right and relevant <laughs> yeah. for, for, that, for that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every morning when I'm putting on the spiritual armor, um, while I'm getting dressed physically, I'm also getting dressed spiritually with the armor. And when I put on the breastplate of righteousness, I just love the reality that I am the righteousness of God in Christ, that it is not my own rightness. <laughs> that's doing yes. anything for anybody it is the righteousness of god that can flow through me um when i let it and uh just that that's the goal is when we that's are it. right with god then we become relevant and when we are in our own thinking in our own um just limited limited capacity that's when sometimes being right becomes so important to us and being relevant yeah, you know. <laughs> ridiculous faith yields remarkable results. I, I love the word ridiculous. I I I, I love that word. But so it is ridiculous faith, and I can give you an example because I remember uh, I live a lot by faith, uh, and uh, because uh, you know do. Uh, uh, building a startup, working with people who aren't always able to afford what it is that I do. Uh, but, and I also, on the other hand, believe uh, God's goodness for, for me. So there's this time that uh, there were some payments that were late coming in, and I was getting ready. I normally buy groceries over the weekend. And um, I have a standard list of things I like. So I'm, not, I'm the kind of person, I don't reduce my things because of my bank account. Because God said he'll supply my needs according to his riches and glory. So I normally write my list and my oldest son would go shopping. So this weekend I didn't have the money. So he goes on Saturday, he asked me for the money. And I think he knows. So I said, I'll, I'll send it to you. We use mobile money. So he came home, I didn't send the money. So he asked me during the week. I said, I'll send it when I have it. And then on the second week of Friday, a friend of mine visited. And um, it's very common in my country that if somebody visits you, they come with stuff. They come with groceries to your house. And this is the kind of lady who, even if she's just bringing you bananas, she'll bring it. But she came without anything. So I was like, okay. Then when she was getting ready to go, she said, um, God is telling me you need groceries. All right. And she's a friend and, and a, a client-ish. All right. Because I mentor her. So I told her, no, don't worry. We are fine. So she went on and she sent me a message. And she said, Frida, I have a very strong sense that you need groceries. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you asked for groceries, you have a list. I'm sending you help and you're being arrogant. Oh. So she, yeah, <laughs> it was painful. So she sent a message and said, it was a Saturday. She said, tomorrow after church, let me know where you'd like to go and shop. And the weirdest thing is during the week I told my sister, she asked me if I'd like to go out with her on the weekend, my sister who lives here. And I told her, I'm not going anywhere unless you take me to the current hub. That's one of the poshest places in Nairobi. And I don't have a time. <laughs> <laughs> and now this friend of mine said, um, after church, I'll pick you up and you can go and shop anywhere you want. Where do you want to go? So she's a younger girl. So I told her I want to go to the current hub. And uh, when we got in her car, she said, um, 
she, I told her, I want to show you this because it will, be, it will also build your faith. She asked me, do you have a list? And I gave her my list. It was now crumpled because I've been holding it for two weeks. And she opened it up and she started laughing. I'll never forget. And I said, why are you laughing? She said, uh, she has never seen a poor person write hot dogs and ice cream on their list. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, if God is going to supply my riches, I love hot dogs. <laughs> That's my snack. But, you know, I'm walking around the house. And I don't want to cook. I quickly put on a hot dog. And I love ice cream when it's hot. So the other things that were on my list that she felt, these are not things you write when you're broke. I said, you write anything when you know that the supplier is your father and he has promised to supply according to his riches, not according to contract, not according to clients, not according to your bank account. I tell God that all the time. Because if I live according to my bank account, I don't think I'd be sitting he is speaking with you right now. Probably not. <laughs> you see? Probably but not. His, so that's a ridiculous faith yields remarkable results. I, I believe God for anything and everything. Because right? he's my father. Yeah. So and my, that's where that comes. Yeah. My theme verse for life is Second Corinthians nine eight in the NIV version. It's all superlative, yeah. like ridiculous. It it is. But God is able to uh, make all grace abound toward you. So that in all times, in everything, having everything you need, you may abound in every good work. And I, I love, love that. that. I know. It's all like ridiculous. It's kind of like so far beyond. Mm-hmm. And I, I love, love how you kept ice cream and hot dogs on your list. That's so yes. cool. I, I, I wouldn't say other things because I don't want people to think. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, um, I have a I have a saying that I say, you know, you, you walk up to the giant, you know, you just walk up to the giant and and it's um, kind of like, you know, faith is faith is so much that the challenge that you have, it's like it isn't there. That's that's what faith is. It's just saying, I know this is impossible, but somehow this is what is in my heart to do. This is what that's right. Heart. Yeah. You know, and it can look really ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous. <laughs> So we tend to put God in little boxes. And the other day when I was reading my devotion in the morning, it was like, we tend to put God in little boxes of this is what I need and I think God can manage. The truth is he can manage everything. Because Mark 11, is it Mark 11, 23, that says that when you pray, believe what you're asking for by faith and you will receive it. You know. So those are scriptures that, not to be trivial or frivolous, but it's a need. And he has said that he'll supply. And if you pray and ask for it, he will give it. I, God is, uh, there are no things that he can do and some that he can, I always say the faith for the small things is the same thing for the big things. What's your motivation? Right. You know. right. yeah. <laughs> and I think that that faith in God too, like you say, don't just ask for something a little that you could imagine. You know, I mean, ask for what's in your heart. Ask for what's there. Yes. Well, It's not the hours we put in work that count, but the faith we put in the hours we work. I love that. (laughs) And this is is another ridiculous faith. Uh, This this scripture, I think it's Proverbs 10 and 22, that says, uh, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and uh, addeth no sorrow. And there's a version, I can't remember what it is, uh, NLT, New Living Translation or Amplified, that says, um, and not even toiling adds to it. Because sometimes you find you work hard, you work hard. There's a deadline you're trying to meet. And um, 
There's a time I read that scripture and it opened to me in a way that I can't even explain. But it taught me to stand when I'm struggling with something, you know, uh, I stop. It's not really the hard work. It's, and when I stop, I just take, I, I take, I always tell my sister, I take 20. I literally take 20 minutes and just sit quietly somewhere and just meditate and say, Father, you said that uh, your blessings makes rich and uh, no toil adds to it. What do I need to do into this, in this situation to do this work? And most, many times, uh, when I've come out of there, I've gotten a way to do what I was doing that I was struggling with in no time. And so much more beautiful. Just an inspiration or a tool here or a word here or an article comes in. And it's just, I just know that God, God has opened up something for me to get out of this. And I think it's so beautiful. So it's really, uh, my thing is when I'm struggling to do something, uh, I stop back. Instead of struggling some more, because sometimes you find that it's not working, but you think working harder will get it to work faster. And I always tell business owners, if you're, if you're driving hard in the wrong direction, you just get faster to the wrong destination. <laughs> so you need to stop and find out, do I need to make a turn? Do I need to just stop, stop and have something to drink? What do I need to do? All right. So that you can continue smoothing. So his blessings make us rich and not even uh, toiling at to it. Yeah. I'm thinking back to um, when we owned the retail store and um, some of the things there, I mean, a lot of things in your work life, you know, which things are hard and then, you know, which things are not so hard. And mm -hmm. sometimes we would be um, doing a, a newer process, like trying to do something we hadn't done before. And we would just be working, working so hard and it was so difficult. And my husband, Dave, would come along and he'd say, what are you doing? Well, how are you doing that? And we'd say, well, we're doing it, but it's so hard. And he'd say, if it's too hard, yes. step back and ask if there's an easier way. It was amazing how many times just that paradigm, like what you're saying, you know, the paradigm of saying, you know, does this have to be this hard? Does it so have hard. to be this painful? And, you know, yesterday I had something happening that was super hard. And I just had to let it go and just say, I thought this was supposed to happen today, but you know what? Apparently not. And I have this little, yeah. I have this little tease that I do with God and I do it with time and with money. And so yesterday I had been just struggling and struggling with this thing um, for a while. And I couldn't, I even got a couple people to help me and it did not make it easier. We couldn't figure it out. We couldn't get it solved. And at one point I knew I was supposed to keep working on it a little longer. And I just said, this is so frustrating but it's your, it's your time. If this is how you want to use it, okay. And I sometimes, right. say, that, I sometimes say that was funny too. Um, the day I learned this, I was, in a, I was traveling and I ended up in a hotel that I would have never stayed at. It was more expensive than I would have ever been okay with. Whoa. But was, but, yeah, but it was where I needed to be. But I felt kind of bad about it, like I was wasting money. So I'm standing at the counter getting ready to pay and I was really kind of irritated in my spirit. I was like, this is such a waste of money. And I was standing there and God said, look around you. And so I looked around and I saw a bunch of um, hotel staff. I saw some cleaning people. I saw a doorman. I saw, I saw a bunch of hotel staff and God just put it in my heart. How do you think I pay them? Oh, wow. I know. Oh, wow. I know. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Right now I'm being used to pay them. 
I like it. I see. That was so it, beautiful. It changed everything for me. You know, wow. It wow. wow. So sometimes oh, that now, gives me <laughs> yeah, so sometimes now when I'm needing to spend money on something I didn't want to spend money on, it seems like a waste. It seems like, how could this be so much? I just think if your money, if that's how you want to spend it, okay. And so it's, it's just such a place of peace, you know? It just gives us this confidence to have ridiculous faith and to work on, and it's not how many hours I work today, it's with whom I worked today, right? Okay. Yeah, I love that. Your most dominant thought determines your prevailing experience. It's so huge and it's so real. It was so real for me when I'm telling you two years ago, I was sick. And uh, as long as I stayed home trying to figure out what's going on with me, and all, all the time I used to think, I must be dying. I really thought I was dying because I didn't know what was happening to me. I, I didn't feel like anything. So I was like, and as long as I thought that, I, I would wake up feeling worse and feeling worse. But the minute I turned around and started thinking, um, what can I really do? And I started speaking on the Facebook Live in this group that I created. And so I started living for the moment I'll be doing the Facebook Live. And we see the Facebook Live was uh, quit, the challenge was quit surviving, start thriving. I started thriving because I was always thinking about what am I going to tell them about thriving? What am I going to tell them about, you know, so I started thriving. <laughs> <laughs> right. You kind of had to. <laughs> yeah, I, I, kind of, I wasn't thinking, oh, poor me, what's happening to me? I kept thinking, encouraging others what they need to do to thrive. So I was, I was always reading stuff that I was going to share with them. My, I started thriving. So this is, this is what I call the law of focus. And it's what I do predominantly with the coaching that I do with individuals is I help you get really clear about what you're supposed to be focusing on and then put it in the right perspective. And it just changes everything to have clear focus. So I just love that. And that's one of the reasons why, um, that's one of the reasons why I say, you know, my full-time job is choosing joy. I do a lot of other things all day long, every day, but my full-time I like job that. is choosing joy it's because, choosing joy. because like that. it is the focus that actually yields the results. What is your quote again? Your most dominant thought determines yes. your prevailing experience. So experience. true. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. And I think, you know, go back so to your that. Full-time job. Mm. Joseph, where we mentioned earlier today, um, he's in prison and that whole time, I'm sure he had, I'm sure he had periods of depression and everything going on. I mean, that's I a long time, 10 years, but the reality is that somehow he held on to his faith in God because in the moment where he was all of a sudden stood in front of a King, he was not bitter. He was not self-centered. He was mm-hmm. not crying for relief. He just said, I serve a big God, and this God can help you too. That's what he said. Okay. <laughs> you know, yes. and that's, yes. where, that's where our heart is, no matter what you're going through, no matter how black it seems today. You know, yes. I, and sometimes it does seem black. It seems like really hopeless, God, where are you? But the reality is, is that when we keep our focus on God, then our experience changes completely, even in the midst of a trying time. Amen. That's Aww. so true. This has been That's fantastic. 
Thank you so much for being here, Frida. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.